Well, we are in concluding our teaching series. It's been brief, um, which we just simply call Here, Near, and Far, Reaching the Last, the Lost, and the Least. This series is attempting to uh, continue to encourage us on the mission that God has given us. We, Scott did a good job reminding us last week, we are blessed to be a blessing. We receive so that we can give. And um, that is always the tension for the Jesus followers, to be connected with him so we receive, so that we can give. And this is the, that is the motion. We receive to give. That's the motion for all of the Christian life. So now that you're comfortable, let's stand and <clears throat> let's read our scriptures together. Today, you're going to read the words in bold. Um, you read the words in bold. Acts 1, 6 through 11. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the, come has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. The word of the Lord. And be seated. Every Jesus follower is the beneficiary of someone's obedience to the mission of Jesus. We follow Jesus because someone invited us because someone provided a space to learn about Jesus. Someone wrote a book that moved us. Someone designed a sign that led us. I was shocked and so glad that one of those billboards out there was a key part of Debbie Ridenauer's saying yes to Jesus. Because sometimes they're annoying, but God uses all things. Someone told us their story. Someone did something that affected us. Very few people in history have come to know Jesus without another person involved, without another person who said yes to step into the mission of Jesus, the calling of Jesus to go and be his witnesses even to the ends of the earth. I remember the very first person that I led to Jesus. I was 17 years old at a summer camp, and I was the junior cabin leader. There's not much junior about Isaac Hovitt at 6'4", 250, but I was the junior cabin leader at kids' camp. And them boys were squirrely. <laughs> Elementary age boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. A, couple, <laughs> that's right. a couple of them didn't have a father, and I felt compassion for them, even as I felt annoyed with them. <laughs> <laughs> these, things can, these things can work together, yeah. <laughs> At one point, I was having a talk with one of them, and it was apparent that there was a spiritual hunger. His name is BJ, and his eyes are full of tears. And I think we were dealing with through a conflict, but it became apparent that this boy needed Jesus. And I nervously invited this fifth grader to give his heart to Jesus. 
He was nervous. I was nervous. And he did. I remember coming home from college six years later, and he was serving in the church as a sound guy. His decision to follow Jesus stuck. I reached out to my mom and asked about him. He's now married with two kids. Whether we are 17 or 44 or 81, I'm just pointing at someone out there, yeah. <laughs> we have a mission. We are sent by Jesus. And we get to participate with what Jesus is already doing. Scott did a great job last week of sharing us that Jesus is already doing things. What are you doing, Jesus? How do I participate with it? Today, you're going to hear about some things that Jesus is already doing. Well, Acts provides this, what we just read, provides some great guidance for us. So let's go through the scripture and allow it to shape some of our expectations, some things that were put on my heart as I was studying this week. Here's the map. Here's where we're going this week. We've got to start with the right expectation. We've got to stay in the here and now. We need to trust in lamb power, and I'll explain that. And we need to get to our work. So let's jump in. For those of you taking notes, start with the right expectation. So this is picking up, you know, at the, after the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and this is a, a little vignette that Acts gives us of some of the conversation, the dynamic between Jesus and his disciples. They are in the what now? What, what does all this mean phase? And Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, tells us, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, okay, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Now, you can feel the juice in their question. I mean, they are amped. They, Jesus had just risen from the dead. I mean, that is some sort of super powerful guy that they are following. And they had an expectation that Jesus would take the throne, would take charge, would kick the Romans out. That was pretty dramatic, wasn't it? I know, I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't hurt yourself as you are accustomed to doing, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, I've had many injuries this last year in case you're new with us and don't know that. Yeah, that's, that's the joke. Well, where did these expectations come from? Like, why were they thinking this way? They had good reason to think this way. They were steeped in messianic hopes. For example, they knew of the Maccabean revolt. Everybody say Maccabean. Maccabean. In summary, this revolt took place in 160 BC, nearly 200 years before the events here in Acts 1. So, you know, think about like 200 years ago in our history. That's, that's kind of the, the distance within history that they are looking back at. And at the time, the region of Judea, which is the land they lived in, the land of the Jews, that's what Judea means, the land of the Jews, was ruled by the Hellenistic Seleucid Empire. So this is one of the many empires in history they are ruled by. And a decree came down from that empire that required the Jews to stop worshiping the one true God and to take up pagan worship practices. And the Jews rebelled. A Jewish priest named Mattathias killed an officer and a fellow Jew who was involving himself with pagan worship. Like this priest, Mattathias, killed them. And this sparked widespread rebellion. 
Now, Mattathias, his son Judas, led the rebellion, and he was nicknamed Maccabeus, which means hammer. Maccabeus hammer. <laughs> Thunder. Yeah. Judas the hammer. What kind of a nickname is that? I mean, that is just amazing. Now, the rebellion was successful because it was unified and it was powerful, led by Judas Maccabeus Thunder. <laughs> That's not the last time you're going to hear that. I have a feeling. And it was a bloody, effective rebellion. But by AD or by BC 37, Judea was under the rule of Roman occupation now, another empire. And all the Jewish boys, including the disciples of Jesus, would have known of these kinds of heroes. Does that look like a, a trading card almost? <laughs> That's what they would have known about. Like, oh, these are the heroes. We need another Judas hammer. Maccabeus <laughs> hammer. Okay, it's all in my head. And I will play you snippets of the punk rock song that is beating within my heart. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, man. They saw the. Now, so Peter, James, John. I mean, James and John were known as the Sons of Thunder, so they, they already had the band name. They just, you know. And they would have had this expectation. And they saw Jesus raised from the dead. Can you imagine their eyes getting wide and being like, oh my gosh, it's about to go down. Yeah. <laughs> you can't mess with this, because we got Jesus. <laughs> they were expecting... The, the nation state of Israel to be restored to its prominence, to be restored to the days of David and Solomon and all of its splendor, led by a powerful king who would subdue their pagan enemies. Thunder. But Jesus had a different idea. He redirects them to stay in the here and now. Jesus replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. So Jesus doesn't directly deal with their question about restoring Israel as a nation state. But he does say the father's in charge of that. We, in retrospect, can see the bigger mission that Jesus had was to bring all of the cosmos into being his one holy nation, and to bring all of those who are far from God close to him. And that couldn't be accomplished just through a nation state. It would have to be accomplished through, well, the church, us, which is transnational and knows no boundaries. But Jesus says, the Father's in charge of all of that. Now, many people are curious, Understandably so. We just read the phrases. One day he'll come back just in the way that you saw him go. They're curious. When will Jesus come back? When will he bring about his kingdom? We can say, that's not our business. It's not our business. Let me put this in your mind as 
you know, when convulsions happen in the world, all sorts of eschatology gets thrown around about, is Jesus coming back now? The only thing we have to worry about to be ready for Jesus to come back is to be following Jesus. It's the only thing we have to be worried about. Are we following Jesus? There's not like a special set of criteria for those who live the last generation to suddenly, you know, like, okay, now you guys have a special task. No, you have the task the whole church has had for 2,000 years now. Follow Jesus. Now, why would that not be our business? I'm going to speculate here a little bit. Just thinking about why, what would happen if we did know? If we did know, there's a certain date, you know. It's been said a lot, there's a certain date. I think we might not operate in faith. We might start to trust ourselves because we think we might have the knowledge needed to get ourselves to where we need to go. We might lose the urgency of the presence and get at the present and get locked into a future orientation that diminishes the present. So I enjoy, illustratively here, I enjoy the drama of football games. Anybody else stay up and watch some of that drama last night? Yeah. At times, like when we were watching our heartbreaking ducks, although they didn't break our hearts last night, the drama seems almost too unbearable. Now, we live in a day and age where you can record the games. And this changes some things, I've noticed. This changes some things. If the game is recorded and I don't know the outcome, when things get tough, I skip through. I'm like, okay, this is painful. Oh, I'll fast forward. Oh, this is easier. Or if I do know the outcome and it's positive, like I, I just kind of, I relish the moments I want to, but I'm just kind of like lazy fair, just kind of like nothing, oh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. In both cases, I don't stay in the present. I'm not a true fan dedicated to every high and every low. Now the metaphor breaks down, but I don't think that the Lord can entrust us the exact knowledge of his return date and time because we might be tempted to not take the present seriously. We may be tempted not to take the present seriously. We need to stay in the here and now. We have important work to do now, in the here and now. And Jesus tells us what our work looks like. Trust in lamb power. Jesus says, but you will receive power, thunder. That's what we think of when we see the word power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth, we will receive power. Wow. Maccabeus Hamar. <laughs> Wait, what kind of power? What kind of power? What, what does this mean? I love how Greg Boyd puts this. He says, when God flexes his omnipotent muscle, it doesn't look like Rambo hey. <laughs> or the Terminator <laughs> it look, or Judas, <laughs> the hammer. It looks like Calvary. And living in this Calvary-like love moment by moment in all circumstances and in relation to all people is the soul calling of those who are aligned with the kingdom that Jesus came to bring. In our time, there's work to be done, and it is done by lamb power, sacrificing and giving ourselves away. We don't minister through dominance, but like Jesus ministered with generosity, with radical generosity, with sacrifice, 
with audacious sacrifice, with courage, through risk, risking our, our very sense of stability about our lives, refusing to manufacture a life that is pleasant and comfortable, rather than allowing Jesus to take us into his wide-open landscapes of faith, as Danya says, when God says to go, you go. Oh, man, these early disciples, they went. They risked their reputations. We also are empowered with this lamb power to do the same, to risk it all, to be like Paul who said, whether I live or die, it's all on the line for you, Jesus. Whether I live or die, you'll be glorified. Everything in my life is, is yours. And we, Christ followers, are drawn into that. So that we can, our final point, get to our work, our task, our mission that is at hand in front of us. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. <laughs> we too, we long to look up like, oh my goodness, we want to go with Jesus. Have you felt that before? You want to go with Jesus. We want to be with him. We're motivated by that thought. But as we develop a, a hunger for the presence of Jesus to be with him, we should be interrupted in the way these disciples were. As they were straining to see him raising into heaven, <laughs> two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, Galilee, Galilee. <laughs> they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? That phrase, oh man, that hit me this week. Why are you standing here, Isaac, and staring into heaven? Are you becoming so spiritual or heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good? Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. And Jesus had left instructions. This is what you're to do in my name. This is what you are to be about on my mission. Risking all of who you are for the sake of the whole world knowing that I love them. For the sake of every person having the opportunity to experience how I can restore them by your faith, by your generosity, by your obedience, by your love, by your risk. In the same way that the Father sent me, Jesus said, so I send you. It's audacious. And man, guys, part of the Christian vision is that we receive like comfort and strength for our day by day. But also, you'll notice, every maybe not every once in a while, but also regularly receiving comfort, we're, we're, we're drawn into this stretch of faith. We're called to question everything about our lives for the sake of the gospel. We're called to think about everything that we can give for this great mission. And then we are willing to risk it all. Now we can read about the, dis the, the disciples and the early church and the rest of the New Testament, what that looked like. And I'll tell you, it is wild. It is wild. And I want to be on a wild adventure too. I want to go in my time, in my place. And I think that's you as well. That's where we are. We have work to do. We think that a healthy church and a healthy Christian stretches beyond its capacity. Stretches, uh, punches above its weight. Is that, is that what we say? 
<laughs> that we stretch ourselves into being a part of what God is doing <clears throat> in our community and around the world. So for the remainder of our time this morning, we're going to learn about some of the ways that we are engaging with our mission, helping people find and follow Jesus here, near, and far, even to the ends of the earth. In your handout, you should have one of these. Just take that out and glance at it. We'll come back to this here in a, in a moment. Um, for now, I would like to invite up um, our representatives from All Nations Soccer. I would like to invite up Dave Stone and also Jamie Harris this morning. And um, yeah, so come on up right now. All Nations Soccer crew and Dave and Jamie, would you come on up? Make your way up here and we'll take you one turn at a time. We get to hear about some of the things that, that God is doing. Would you welcome all of these individuals? <clears throat> And uh, well, good morning. You guys can come right up here, right? But you guys are going to go first. This is some of the crew from the All Nations Soccer. We've got a couple of microphones here. I don't know how many you need. But uh, All Nations Soccer takes place Wednesday nights, um, multi-nations uh, uh, together, um, providing space here so that we can, we can engage uh, the community that is here. It's actually the world coming to us. And so I asked for them to give all of us a brief update what's happening with All Nations Soccer. Guys, so glad you're here. Thank you so much. I had a very long, uh, prolonged uh, intro that I was going to say, but then I look at my time and time has really gone. But if you all know, today is a very special day because today the nations are gathering together because of soccer. Yeah. As you can see, I'm Team America. Oh. They are, and they're playing tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so my name is William. I'm going to let my fellow friends introduce, introduce themselves. Hey, my name is um, Mikael, but like a lot of uh, American people, they can say Mikael, which is a French name, but you can say Michael. Okay. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> yeah. right. My name is Will. You know me already, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm from Kenya. I'm from Haiti. And I'm from Haiti, too. And we have a few others who are not here. So we have one from America, we have one from Ghana, we have one from Ivory Coast, and we have one from Congo. They, they were not able to come today. Yeah, so I'm going to let Michael go first. All right, so after all, like, uh, with the situation, so we, we have, like, uh, 53, uh, 53, like, uh, I mean, basically, we have, like, 19 nations. 53 people like registered for the for the all nations. It is a lot. Wow, wow. Okay, the name uh, the first name is like Ghana, Haiti, Kenya, Afghanistan, Spain, Africa, USA, Congo, United Kingdom, Mexico, Brazil, Russia, South Sudan. We all united together, and then you can see like the beauty of like the soccer. So on Wednesday nights, those nations are regularly together on our property. All right, thank you. Oh, Thanksgiving is coming, so we're planning to have potluck. So the main food is going to be um, the Kenyans too, <laughs> and then the, the Asian rice. Ah. And then we're going to ask everybody to bring some food. We can share, like um, staying on the bridge and then eat together. So you guys welcome. You can come. 
So that's this Wednesday night. Yes, this Wednesday. Before Thanksgiving. Haitian rice. Haitian rice and Kenyan stew. And some snacks. I would guess those come from the USA. We're very good at snacks. That is, that is our contribution to the world. Snacks. Yeah. So um, in conclusion, as we like to say, we'd say thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to share the field. Thank you for the donation. And as the Bible say, when God calls us to go, we, we, are. we go. And as we've heard from Acts, we can be his uh, witness in Judea, in Samaria, and we can also be his witness here and now. So thank you so much. God All bless right. you. Thank you, guys. Very good. Bon now, yeah. <laughs> Bene Yeah. Bonjour, Tenel. I don't know any of that. <laughs> Been to Haiti many times. Wow. I love the place. Now, William, I'm, I'm just so sad that you have to root for the USA in the World Cup. You might get your heart broken if you really... I mean, Wales tomorrow, we're going to lose to Wales. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, next up, um, I'd like Dave Stone. Would you share with us? Dave is a Foursquare missionary, and he's currently a Foursquare emissary to the Caribbean. So, Dave, tell us more about what you do. And for those who, who don't know me, my wife, Nancy, from Cuba, uh, and I, we have been Foursquare ministers for over 48 years, and 25 of those years were spent on the mission field in Panama, Mexico, Venezuela, and Puerto Rico serving the Caribbean. And when we uh, retired at the beginning of 2020, we were asked to continue serving the Caribbean as, as FMI mission, uh, emissaries. And an emissary is like a missionary who lives in the States. Hmm. So it's, it's a, a person who is living in the U.S. but is actively involved in a nation or in a region. And Jonathan Hall, who took over for me, uh, asked if we would continue to serve in the area of training. And uh, we don't have time to go into all the detail, but primarily uh, we work with DLT, which is Discipleship and Leadership Training. It's a global council initiative, so it's, it's taking place all over the world, and I represent that initiative in the Caribbean. So for the last couple of years, we haven't been able to travel much, so we've been doing a lot of things on Zoom. But um, now that things have opened up, we'll begin going back into the region uh, after the first of the year. We will <clears throat> work with pastors and, and leaders, raising up people, trying to establish a discipleship culture within the churches and, and helping to, to unify the Foursquare doctrine around the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because one of the things that we've discovered is things are beginning to vary from nation to nation, and we want to get everybody back on the same page. Mm. So we're involved working with pastors, working with national leaders. We do a lot of Zoom meetings, but uh, we go in and we teach, we train pastors, we train. I teach right now every Wednesday night for two hours at Life Bible College, Jamaica. Uh, last year, I was teaching twice a week for the whole year doing discipleship leadership training. So there's a lot that's going on, and that's what we're involved in. So you'll see us coming and going as we travel in and out of the region. Hmm. But don't want to take too much time because I know that it's yeah. a busy morning this morning. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. And Dave and Nancy have, have landed here at New Hope, part of our congregation. So as Dave was saying, you'll see them around when they're not 
out there ministering, and yeah. We, we, we pastored Woodburn for eight years, and uh, actually we're in this church when we're home on furlough one year when Larry Spousta was still the pastor. <laughs> I graduated from life with Larry. Yeah, and you just turned 45, is that right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can we say thank you to Dave? Yeah. Early. And back from worldwide travels all around. This is Jamie Harris, and he leads satellite gaming. And God, in the last in the last couple of years, has really just expanded the reach of satellite gaming. And maybe just tell us more about what that is and how you are reaching yeah. even to the ends of the. Earth. And can we just say welcome home to Jamie? <laughs> Thank you. My wife is currently with our daughter home. My daughter's sick, so um, she's not here to cheer for me, but you know. (laughs) We're cheering for you. Yes, thank you. I feel the love. So Satellite Gaming, for those that don't know, our mission is pointing students to Jesus Christ by building relationships through video games. And it's a little odd for a lot of people. Uh, in, in short, there are 3.2 billion people that play video games every year. Well, and it, that's growing every year. And uh, I would say Jesus would call that in Matthew 9:38 a plentiful harvest field mm. um, with not many workers. So over the last seven years, we've been executing local strategies. And we've seen that we're, um, by the grace of God, we're pretty effective at reaching young people um, and 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 not so young people in, in that way uh, by using video games as a vessel. So how we have begun to reach the ends of the earth by um, this, these strategies is to teach them, to teach them and train them how to be in this space, how to make disciples in this space. Um, spent some time in South Africa, traveled recently to Orlando where we met with 30 people from like 20 or so different countries. Uh, maybe not quite that many, but um, we spent time with people from various countries. And then I spent some time in South Africa with about 12 different countries. Uh, sorry, South, South Korea. Korea. Yeah. South Korea. Uh, I forget where I am now. Um, <laughs> Pacific uh, time zone. Yes, yes. That's right. I'm, that's right. Jesus hasn't come back yet <laughs> no, in our okay. time zone. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That's where we are. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's been great. So how we're reaching the ends of the earth now is just teaching people how to do what we've been doing for the last seven years. It's wow. been a beautiful opportunity. Wow. And are you traveling anytime soon to... Well, so the answer is... Babe, she's watching online. The answer is no. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, we, I mean, we say no to more opportunities we say yes to just yeah. because of things like resources and, and time and just uh, God doesn't, hasn't yeah. called us to save, you know, us specifically to save everyone. But um, we had opportunity. We have some partners that are doing an event in Brazil. Um, we obviously aren't going to go to that because I need to be home for Christmas. Um, yeah. But I mean, we have friends all over. I think our hope we're making 10 trainings a year, and those trainings will be tools that we use here locally in our nation. We teach these trainings on a regular basis, and our hope is to physically take a team to three different countries a year. Mm-hmm. Um, on our radar right now is probably like Mexicali and uh, Cairo, Egypt first, yeah. um, and go from there. We have partners in Dominica and in Jamaica and uh, Barbados, so that's kind of cool over in the Caribbean. So there's there are a lot of opportunities. It's just a matter of praying for like, okay, Lord, where next? So yes, um, specifically where? Don't know yet. Just praying. Wow. Man. Isn't that just amazing? Just just what God has put at our little church in terms of extending ourselves even around the world. And 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 Jamie, I mean he's he's on this journey of like, Lord, if you say go, even though it's hard. So Jamie was in South Africa for training for three months. 
Yes. Without his family. You know, yes. That's a big <laughs> yes. And it was very hard. Yeah. 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 Very challenging. But this is like this is a your prototype of what it means to say yes. Mm. We say if God says go, we go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> yeah. I say that to say. Uh, yeah, it was by the support of, of people here and the prayers. And um, my prayer as a married man was, Lord, I'm only going if you tell my wife that I need to go. And, and, he, and he did. Yeah. He did. Um, yeah. But uh, just know that when you say yes, you make sure there's people around you praying for you because you're, you're not doing it alone <laughs> right. at all. Yeah. Right. Well, Jamie, we're, we're proud of you. We're glad that you're part of your chur- our church. We're glad that you're back and just hope that you're refreshed and encouraged and we'll continue to pray blessings on, on you. Thank you, yeah. brother. Thanks, Thanks guys. Right. Oh, I'll take that. Oh, yeah. And now all the members of, oh, excuse me. Nope, not quite yet. We have one more. <laughs> Couldn't be here in person for understandable reasons, but he has given you uh, an update from Northern Ireland. Here's Gary Bolton. Hello, New Hope Church in Salem. Greetings from Ireland in the name of Jesus. It's Gary Bolton here. We want to thank you so much for your ongoing prayers and interest in what God is doing in Ireland. We have a heart to see our nation revived, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next year, we launch into our new church planting ministry, and we have a passion to see Jesus glorified across our land. I'm delighted to let you know that we're now 70% funded. We've reached 70% of our 2023 budget and we're trusting God to be fully funded by the end of this year. Would you join us in prayer that over these coming weeks as it leads up to the end of this year, we might see the provision of the Lord in our lives. We're trusting him, he's faithful, he's able and he's good. Bless you all in Jesus' name. Mm. Yes, we love what God is doing in Ireland and Northern Ireland through uh, Gary Bolton and um, all of these ministries that we are engaged with. You'll continue to hear more and more. And there's more that were not highlighted here today that are on your handout. And we'll get to that in just a moment. For now, we have our team who was in Sheo, Guatemala. And would you all come up here, please? And would you welcome them home? All those that could be here. They are our most, <clears throat> come on up, just, just, yep, just shove yourselves in here, just, yep, and I, I'll, I'll give a couple of microphones, here's one, and uh, there, there's some, <clears throat> there's some uh, pictures coming up on the screen, and just a, a few things, oh, here's the fascination with hair, yeah, uh, yeah, I noticed Aaron, they weren't playing with your hair. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that was just a, there was just a few of the congregation I got to see. Welcome home. Welcome home. Proud of you. Proud of you for your faith, for going, for what you've invested, and also so grateful for, no doubt, what you have received as you have gone in the name of Jesus. And uh, yeah, we'll get to hear from a couple of them this morning just about what God has done and shown them. And so... Yeah. So we have Lacey, George. Do you guys want to do this order? Like you two first and then. Okay. All right. Yeah. Take it away. Good morning. Uh, So uh, initially when 
I was first thinking about you. I, honestly, I, I didn't really feel a strong compel, uh, compulsion to go to Shale, quite honestly. And uh, we needed another leader, and it's like, okay, I'm going to step in <laughs> and do that. And uh, it's neat how just the Lord does things mm-hmm. when we just were obedient. Um, about over 20 years ago, I was at a pastor's conference, and there was a, uh, the speaker was, had a prophetic ministry, and she was praying over people and, and prayed a prophecy over me. And uh, I just, when I first heard it, I thought, you know, Lord, what are you going to do with that? I don't know. Um, and just kind of hit it in my heart. But it was very, uh, the prophecy was, I see you in front of a bunch of little dark-haired children. Uh, and then she used the word indigenous. Hmm. And so I just put it in my heart. And I thought, okay, Lord, I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm not in ministry yet, and I'm not uh, a missionary. I don't know what you have, but I trust that, that that's from you. And so when I was there in Sheo, uh, we were doing VBS with the kids, and uh, uh, there was one particular day where it just I, I just I walked away from it going like, the Holy Spirit was just saying, this is it. Hmm. This is that moment. And uh, it wasn't even necessarily this is, this is that moment, but this is where it begins. Mm. And uh, so, very encouraged mm. by what the Lord spoke to me. Mm. That's awesome. That is so great. Sharice, can we put up the picture of the, the little girl sitting on the edge of the ravine? This is the indigenous kids that that like yeah these children um probably have not been further than 10 or 15 miles away from their village and so these big white people are pretty amazing to them <laughs> and uh george i'm glad for what you got to experience lacy yeah so um i i've gone twice now this is my second time um And the thing that struck me was immediately driving into the community. Um, The first time we went, there was a lot of guardedness, not a lot of like smiles when we entered because they just seemed more wary. And this time driving in felt so different to me. And maybe that was God's just spirit um, encouraging me as we went in with a little bit of courage. Um, Because immediately you could tell we were nearing Sheo, you, you're kind of you're driving forever um, to get there, and so, so it, it it was a marked difference to see kids' faces light up like they're here, um, and to to start to gather um, up at the entrance to the community where they have a little store and they had a stage set up to welcome us, um, and just to feel that familiarity. Um, like coming to see friends as opposed to coming to meet strangers for the first time. Um, And of course, as we were there, um, they just warmed up more and more. And and even adults um, come off as kind of guarded at first. Um, But they they started out uh, kind of 10 steps in, it felt like, and just kept getting closer and closer. We heard so many times from them how thankful they were for the New Hope community, for um, helping to support their projects and helping them feel like they're not just a, alone, yeah. <laughs> this community trying to help themselves and scrap together what they have. Um, so some cool things we got to see, and, and I'll share um, 
where the health center is completed. Um, you guys helped fund that project. Uh, what I didn't know going into that project and what I learned this time was that now that they have a health center, the government pays for two nurses to be there Monday through Friday. Wow. For eight hours a day. I think so, that's the picture. The picture of the building is, I think this is. Yeah, the completed building. So. Yeah, it was just dirt when we went the first time. Um, <laughs> yeah. A little bit of concrete mixed into the dirt. For those of you who've been here longer, the first time we had a film of me standing in the field. It was just yeah. a field on a big slope. Yeah. And there was going to be this medical center there. That, yeah. And there it is. Yeah. Praise God. So, yeah, they're, they're receiving medical care. There's a psychology room, which I found really cool. Um, and so, so the work's being done there, and they're receiving the health care. Um, and then, of course, if, they, if there's any emergencies, they still have to go to Nabak, the closest city an hour away. But, um, but they have immediate needs and kind of well-child available there for them. Um, and then we got to start to implement the water filter project. And so um, about half the families in the community now have filtered water. And one of my favorite stories about, we, we got to go into homes and help to install the water filters and um, be present for them, learning how to use them and clean them. I mean, one man said, I love to drink water, and I have to go to uh, my brother's home in a nearby community to get clean water, and so now I get to just get it right here, and so wow. that was cool, because we hear a lot from, from the women in the community, they're excited we're there, but it was one of the first times I got to hear um, just a dad be really excited for what we were doing, so. That's so great. Yeah. Deanna? I was just going to add something real quick about the medical center. Also, I thought it was really cool. Is so, can we bring up the picture just one more time? I'm sorry, Sharice. <laughs> but so we raised funds as a church, you know, for the actual medical center. But when we were there, we were told that the community, we inspired them to raise funds to make that little patio area. They raised funds to buy all the cement blocks and that, you know, the white part of the awning and all of that area. So they would have like a waiting area and a meeting area for the community. So I thought that was also super special. That's that really like cool. our work with them kind of inspired more work as a community oh, um, and for them to come together it. for that. Thanks, Therese. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, um, it's kind of cool that we're talking about saying yes to God because that's basically a big part of my testimony with this trip. Um, I got to go three years ago when we started with the medical center and it was amazing and I've got to like go on many other trips and I've always felt really called to go. Um, but the last like three years have just been really hard. Um, I felt very distant and like not knowing what God really wanted me to do and I was just was like, I don't, I don't know, God. And I heard that we were going again, and I was like, it would be great, but financially, it is, wasn't there. I just got married, and we've had to move five times, and hmm. car breaking down, and I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do it, but my husband's like, no matter what, you're going. You need to go. Attaboy, <laughs> and, Noah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was like, well, we'll pray about it. And, you know, next Sunday, my parents came to me, and they're like, you need to go, and we're going to pay for you. Wow. And so I was like, all right, God. <laughs> and so I was, like, really excited, um, but also just like, God, like, I know you called me to go, but nothing's happened, and I don't know where you want me to go, and so I'm just, I'm saying yes, and I just need answers. I'm like, I'm going, and hopefully you'll kind of point something out to me while I'm there, and um, he definitely did, and I just kind of, throughout the whole week, hearing everyone's testimonies, and 
um, seeing the community and how much they've improved and like our relationship with them. I sponsor a girl in the community, so it was my second time to see her, and she was so excited and so much more open and like asking me questions and like so excited to see my pictures and like just so much that happened throughout the trip that it just felt like God was still like reaching out and be like, I haven't forgotten about you. Like, you're still called. I still see you. Hmm. Um, and kind of just, like, relit that fire in me and just, like, reconfirmed what he's called um, in my life. And so, yeah, I'm just super excited to be back now. You know, nothing physically has, like, changed, you know. I'm still, you know, financially, we're working on it, you know. Like, <laughs> nothing, I guess nothing physically has changed, but, like, uh, like spiritually and emotionally, I just feel so much more alive and connected, and I'm just excited to see what God's next steps are. <laughs> So I was just going to say, um, first of all, I learned Sheo is pronounced Sheo. <laughs> kind Sheo. of like, uh, you know, uh, like yellow, and then the ducks might say yell. Oh. oh. <laughs> I don't know. Something to think about. Um, I also wanted to say, I just I brought my dad along. My dad's my best friend here, and I brought him along on the missions trip with me, and that was really, really special and important. We spent a lot of time there, and uh, we got to see a community that um, the kids were just uh, so special and so sweet, and I had such a great time with everybody that went. Uh, we just bonded together. It was really unique. Uh, experience you can really only understand, I think, if you travel somewhere together mm. and take a journey together. And sort of like Danya said, uh, you know, if God says go, you go, and I goed. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm so glad that I did. It's not something I could have understood with just photos and reading about it. Uh, I had to go, and I felt it was hard to go. I mean, I had a busy law practice, and I have two young kids and a wife, and, um, and I thought I almost didn't go, and, uh, and I decided to do it. And Honestly, it's one of the better decisions that I've made in my whole life. It was amazing. Mm. So thank Man. you. Oh, so grateful. <clears throat> well, um, working on a water filtration project, and there are going to be other community um, projects that we get to par participate with. And so every time a team goes, we make a, we, we gather money and then send it with the team that helps these projects to happen. And Food for the Hungry helps for that to be a reciprocal relationship, so it's done in healthy ways, that at the end of our partnership, the goal is that they would be uh, interdependent, not dependent upon the U.S. or us to help them. And so, so smartly done, and the relationship is so key, and we're just so grateful and proud of you guys, proud of our church for continuing to support this great endeavor in Sheo, Guatemala. Thanks, guys, for being up here. Would you give them a round of applause as they make their way down? Thank you very much. And now, would you take out that, this sheet? The missions committee and myself over the last year have um, felt compelled that uh, going into 2023, that we need to make a specific and concentrated effort towards creating a budget for our ongoing missions um, endeavors that we are involved with. And so, um, so we're coming to you, the congregation, and asking that you, over the next month, would be praying and asking God about how you and your family are going to participate with our endeavors here, near, and far. And you'll see on the list, there's a lot of partnerships that we have 
that we're creating. And we want to support them relationally and we want to support them financially. And so a couple of things that are important um, as we think about this, this is, this is over and above our regular tithes and offerings. So we're asking for you to pray and to consider what you're gonna give and then to report back to the missions committee, your pledge amount, so that we can create a budget for our giving this next year. So um, you see it there and we'll, we'll come back to this and um, I encourage you, don't, don't turn this in today even at a whim, but pray about it. If you're married, pray about it. Take some time before the Lord. Lord, what are you asking? How are you asking us to, to go uh, about this? Some of you have not been engaging with the practice of tithing, which is, supports just the general ministry, the regular stuff that we do, which is the first step towards you being a follower of Jesus with your finances. And I would encourage you, make that be your first step. And, um, and that would be my encouragement as your pastor. You'll hear more, a little bit more about that in the months to come. So take this with you, pray over it, and uh, yeah, praise God. Um, excited and full of anticipation about what we'll be able to communicate to our partners at the beginning of the year, our contributions to them as, as a church. Very exciting.